time and you are tuned into Nerd Initiative YouTube for another edition of Turn a Page. For tonight's episode, we have a friend of the show swinging back through to talk to you about a Kickstarter campaign that you need. And I stress this, you need to make sure you sign up for it because there's only a couple days left. And you don't want to be the only one on your block not to have the newest issue of Grandma Chainsaw. So sit back, relax, grab a beverage or two, and let's get ready to turn a page. Welcome to Turn a Page, the official comic book club for Nerd Initiative. Each week, the NI Bullpen will be covering the world of comics, talking to creators, deep diving into some fantastic stories, and much more. Now let's hand it over to the team and turn a page. Let's go! (laughs) You know, anytime that we have our guest on whether it's the ODPH or Nerd Initiative, it's always, always, always a special occasion. What is going on, everyone? My name is Ken M. You know me as the host of the ODPH podcast, but I'm also Nerd Initiative's comics editor-in-chief. To my left, your right, I don't even attempt to say this, but the only thing I can say is he's certified Nerd Initiative. Coming at you live and direct straight from the ODPH studio, my name is Off The Cuff Tom, your pop culture connoisseur, and let me tell you, it's always a pleasure coming here, doing the thing, turn a page, Alan, thank you so much for being with us, and I think over a guy who looks mean and green over there, why don't you do the thing? It's very simple, it is our friend, colleague, confidant, if you will, one half of a dynamic duo that's always bringing you the news of pop culture with a brew or two that you need to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the one and only Matt from Hops Geeks News. What up, baby? Man, you know, it's going to be a good show tonight. Ken's bringing the energy straight off the bat. That's how you know this is going to be a good show, man. And fewer things make me more excited in life than a demonic grandma toting a chainsaw around full of just incels trying to fight back so let's let's get this party started man yes yes indeed because like matt alluded to we have i don't even want to say friend of the show anymore because he's family he's been on the odph numerous times he's been on nerd initiative so much he's family of the brand if you will we'll come up with a cooler name but he is one creator that is making a lot of noise in the land of independent comics and now with a kickstarter campaign that i i stress as a as a client not somebody that gets this for free as somebody that always sees him and his team provide such great quality work and you can sign up for it right now with the qr code that is hovering above tom as we are talking about it is always a pleasure to talk with him about what he's up to and their entire team because they're one of the hardest workers in the entire comics industry. Please give a warm welcome to our friend, the one, the only, Alan Dunford. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> what is going on? Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was it? Yes, you know, what if that was it? They're like, hey, hey. thanks. Yeah. Hey, Thank you. Good night. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> it, no, it is, it is so great to be here. Uh, obviously, Ken. I, uh, you know, thank you so much for for all that you guys do and everyone out here at Nerd Initiative. Uh, I just, you know, it, it's it's always so, I don't know, overwhelming in, in a good way. Like just all the love and support you guys show. So thank you so much for all that. Well, it's well warranted. The chat is blowing up tonight, so definitely keep those comments coming in. We're just going to try get into everybody's as much as we we possibly can right now. And obviously, 
when we announced you were coming on the show, everybody was saying one of two things. Who? Are we talking Pocus? And, are we and, not? and why? <laughs> was, was that the two? Well, the why, <laughs> the why is technical. Okay. The why is technical because everybody knows you and your team is bringing the insanity that is known as the world of Pocus yep. with Pocus Hocus and the most badass bunny on the planet, Horus. <laughs> we, got, we love him. Or, yeah. Or yeah, or they're talking about one book that has definitely fit into the entire mantra, if you will, of the holiday season, and that is Grandma Chainsaw. Look at that innocent, sweet old lady. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I love this cover bless her heart. so so much. Brian, our you know series artist, he did such a good job on this. It just to me that screams like iconic horror movie poster. And I love it mm-hmm. so much. Oh, like oh, absolutely, Eli Roth, get on the phone. Let's make yeah, this movie 100%. like right now. Yeah, I mean, how how do you not get excited when you see this? And especially, in, we're now in the Halloween season. It is scary season, as we've been doing here on Turner Page, bringing you just some of the best horror comics that we can discuss. And obviously, Grandma Chainsaw was one of the books we were already circling and then let alone the Kickstarter campaign is now on for issue number three. Mm -hmm. So in case anybody is tuning in for the first time, and like we say, we can't stress enough, the QR code will be up all night by Tom. So if you want to sign up for the book and there's only a couple days left, that's my job. Now is the perfect time. So Tom will be doing his best. uh, Silent Bob's. Yes. To make sure that you're, you're clicking on the QR code because you want to make sure you're doing that. Alan, so why don't we just start off and say, in case anybody's not familiar with, what is the story of Grandma Chainsaw? Man, it, it's funny talking about this because it, it really goes, uh, it goes one of two ways, right? Like on its surface, you know, whenever we're doing the, the quick pitch, right? It's about, a, it kind of does what it says on the label, right? It, it's a serial killer grandma with a chainsaw. There you go. But, you know, we decided early on whenever we were making this thing, like, we need to make this as wild and as crazy as possible because we were afraid that if we just had a grandma running around just with a chainsaw hacking people up for four issues, it's going to get pretty stale pretty quick, right? So this book is an homage to the stuff that we absolutely all love here on the team. You know, we're huge fans, obviously, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead, Exorcist movies. It's just, it, it, we, we kind of let get to have fun with it. You know, we have obviously... Friday 13th references, not Run Elm Street references, but, but yeah, really it's, it's just about the, this group, as it always happens, they're going on vacation, they get lost and they, their car washes up on grandma Hazel's doorstep and they have to stay at her house for the night. And the whole series, you know, the mini series takes place in one night. So it's just all the insanity that comes with it and uncovering who is Hazel and why is she doing this? And we get to really have fun and introduce the, the cast of characters. Like you said earlier, you know, we, we get introduced the dead squad and we've had so much fun writing them because I don't, and it's like, we're in that, we're in that culture. Milady, you know? yeah, Milady right? Dost so we, thou made indeed help tonight. I know, yeah. <laughs> so thou art so tropey, I must say in a good way. Yes. Yes. So, and, and it's just, we get to really, no pun intended, we get to cut loose and just have fun, make our own rules. And obviously there's, when it comes to horror, uh, especially with slashers, there's, there's always the suspension of disbelief. And we really get to kind of like turn that on its head and just, just go crazy and, 
it's it's always so much fun to given Brian all these crazy kill ideas that we have and then seeing him bring those to life because we try to push them a little further and further with each issue. Well, you know, Dude. it's funny. You, you're saying about disbelief uh, soon. So everybody kind of knows here that I am the 11th hour reader. I will literally read this the day of. Mm -hmm. He was okay. sprinting in reading it. Yeah, he was holding the book as he was coming yeah. through. <laughs> I, I just said, like, was finishing my dinner. And in our Discord chat that we have, I said, what the f was that? Yeah. In yeah, a good way. Okay. In, in, no, in a great I, way. Hey, and, even like, if it was it. a bad way, I get it. <laughs> Because I went no way back and reread it, you know, I was just like, "Why? Why did I? Why did we write this? This is <laughs> dumb." <laughs> there is there is a universe out there that this connects to the Evil Dead, and in my my mind, I've made up mm -hmm. that Ash actually gets his chainsaw after a night with Hazel. House, yeah, <laughs> that, that's my headcanon right here. That is how it goes. Oh, that's awesome! Elder the King, baby. Yeah, yes. I mean, it, it just it, it ties in so many elements too, especially with. The, the four kids, I mean, young adults, shall we say, as they're making their way home and when they have to go into, you know, a stranger's house. I mean, we are going to be talking some spoilers about issues one and two, which it's hard, get, hard not to. Right. Yeah. Once you yeah. Get into, yeah. So we are giving that little disclaimer right now, because with that backstory, I mean, just coming up with the basic concept of the horror movies, like what would you say was like the biggest influence, like for the beginning of this book? Um. Honestly, just classic slasher, right? Like, it, it's funny whenever you work with comic books, um, especially, you know, Pocus Hocus was our first series and, and Grandma Chainsaw was our follow-up. So it's one of those things where we we had so many ideas set up for it. Like, we, we had backstories for the twins and for the girlfriends, and we were, we were writing them out, Will and I. And then we decided, hey, this is too much. We, we just want to go and get to it, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, what, what better way to do it than they just get lost. And then we, we tried to do our own thing where we threw in, you know, the melting man at the beginning, you know, we, we just call him our scarecrow man yeah. um, who points him in a direction. And then he quickly just dissolves into a pile of gore <laughs> just as he gives them directions where they need to go. And we, we like the idea and we, we, you know, we kind of allude to it in issue two where uh, the reason why they get stuck is because Hazel's manipulating the forest. So it, and it's it's things like that that we try to really draw in, like things that we're all a fan of, you know, like the, the supernatural elements of everything. And it just helps like it, it gives that much more character to everyone that's involved with it, too. And it gives a little bit more mystery of what's behind Hazel instead of just this mindless uh, geriatric killing machine. Well, yeah. you guys, you, you know, you hit on a lot of the old slashers like you kind of just mentioned that that is your, you know, what kind of inspiration and you hit it on like they, they go to get gas you know we saw yep. that in texas chainsaw massacre and then we go and from there you know they end up on the house we get the couples and you always have like the the one girlfriend who's kind of like gets them in trouble with her mouth and then they go into separate yep. rooms and things like that and you follow the tropes however what you guys also do is you spin it on its head mm -hmm. almost and you just make it like this suspenseful she's stalking them type deal but there's also like a comedic element to it yeah you get kind of from like evil dead in the mix and it's it's honestly just like this perfect witch's brew of horror and comedy well thank you yeah because when we were writing this um obviously we, we want to draw inspiration from every source that we can and obviously movies horror movies is a huge one right uh i was raised by my grandparents so i was able to throw in a lot of jokes from that because 
you know, growing up on, you know, Golden Girls, Game Show Network, uh, Flintstones cartoons. Alan, do, do we need to talk? Is there like some yeah. repressed trauma coming out of yeah, my yeah. Dude, dude, no, here's the thing. Man. My, my grandma is an Here angel on earth. <laughs> yeah, no, right? yeah my, my grandma is an angel on earth, man. She is, she is like the best lady on the planet and I will fight anyone that says their grandma's better. But like, um, it's just funny. Cause Mike, uh, Hazelin is actually named after my great grandmother in this book. And I remember whenever I told my grandma that, cause my grandma is uh, probably at fault for the reason that I am the way that I am because she laughs at all the stupid stuff I say and do. So she just kind of, you know, she really just eggs me on. And I remember I told her and she just, she has such a good sense of humor. She laughed so hard. Whenever I told her about all this stuff, you know, so it's just it's stuff like that. But, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I grew up with them when I was about eight and just having that new versus old mentality, especially going to school and talking to other kids, they weren't into the same stuff that I was watching. Right. So it's just it, it's just funny just to kind of put it that way and draw your influences that way and be able to make jokes like, you know, we make the joke in issue two about uh, a desk. They don't call it a desk. They, they call it a Davenport. Mm -hmm. And that's what I had growing up. That's what I knew it as. So it's just, yeah, like I said, it's just little stuff like that. It was one of those moments where I had like that family guy. Yes, Stewie, it's, it's the Davenport. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So because just, it, I don't know. It's just great. Like, it's just fun just to also be able to poke fun at yourselves, too. Because, again, I threw that same joke in there. You know, one of the characters says, actually, babe, it's called a Davenport. And she's like, how do you know that? And he's like, you know, I was raised with my grandparents. That's me making fun of myself. So it's just it's little stuff like that that we like to put in there, too. Yeah, and it works too because as as the young group goes in the house, and mm -hmm. Hazel it comes off as a sweet innocent grandma, and then invites everybody to spend the night because obviously there there's no way to get help until the morning. Once yeah. they have the moment at the table, and I know the chat has been ringing this through too, it ties into <laughs> the elements of when you ever go to your grandparents' house and the no elbows on the table. Yeah, right. his arms on the table. I mean, I got, time, I got, yeah. Well, of course, I'm just, you know, somebody's got to stand out in the group. But <laughs> but with that said, I mean, Alan, <laughs> oh, great. Here we go. Now I'm looking for somebody to come run in with a chainsaw. But Alan, when when you're going through this, I mean, especially too, you're just, you're just relying so much on those great memories you have growing up, mm -hmm. you know, when it, this plays out. And especially when you get to write the four characters as they're now trying to figure out why this sweet, innocent woman is really not all that she seems like, you know, describe that kind of moment for us. Um, yeah, because like, I mean, I think, uh, first off, shout out, that's our letterer and designer, Dave Lentz. And, hey. and yeah, so everyone also needs to curse this man because he's responsible hey. for the, for the, yes, for the majority of, uh, Fury Chan's dialogue because oh, we'll my. write the dialogue out and then he'll morph it because he has read so much Thor in his day that he changes everything just to fit that way. So hats off or middle fingers to Dave, however we want to do that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a theater kid. Don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. Do it. Uh, I'm a theater kid. Yeah. So hearing this kind of stuff, I love this shit. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, so, and again, I, I'll, sorry, Ken, I'll, I'll answer your question here in a second, but no, this no, is go right ahead, I, I love cool. so much about the team that's involved is because we're always like, everyone is so involved. Right. Well, let's, even now, even down to a lettering point, because Dave changes stuff and mm -hmm. we're all OK with it because it just it's funny and it adds so much to the story. And it's like Brian, he makes little tweaks like, um, you know, in Grandma Chainsaw number one, whenever they're throwing the statue out the window, it's actually mm -hmm. a statue of Pazuzu from The Exorcist that Brian oh, drew in there. What? I thought, and we did, I yeah. thought so. 
Yeah, see, and um, obviously we didn't tell Brian to do that. And uh, our main character, Hayden, his shirt says 74. It's the year Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out. That's, so like, it's just, ooh. it's just little stuff like that, that we all, you know, we're thrown in there, but okay. So sorry guys, get off track going back. No, no, so, no, no, yeah, I actually, love that actually, stuff. Yeah. cuts, man. I love that yeah. stuff. Actually. Uh, well, let's segue a little bit yeah. to talk about your team. Like, you know, when obviously you team up with Will and Brian, but like, let's kind of do a deep dive about your team here. I mean, when everybody came together, what was kind of the reaction to this story? Um, so I think we introduced this story. Uh, after Pocus 3, because, mm -hmm. you know, obviously we, we didn't want anything to get stale with the team. And I, you know, I, I love, love, love Brian's drawing so much. Like, uh, and I always tell Brian this because I, I, at this point, I feel like he thinks that I'm lying to him. But uh, I'm a huge fan of Brian. Like, I'm a fan first, and then we work together second. So it, it's one of, it's how I view our, our thing, right? And it's mm -hmm. great that we got to become really good friends out of this too. But, um, you know, watching Brian and all of us get more comfortable with each other as we're working on Pocus and then seeing how Pocus three is, uh, I was like, man, we really got to do like something horror with Brian. Uh, mm -hmm. just because I, I think that he, he just understands it. He gets it. And I remember, I, I don't think I, I finished even typing up the message. Cause I said, Brian, I have an idea for a horror comic and it's about, it's just called grandma chainsaw. And as I was typing up the small about, he sent back great Alan, when do we start? You know, it's something like that. And it was, it, it, like I said, it was just so, perceived so well. And then, of course, uh, you know, shout out to the uh, late and great Jason Smith, our callerist mm -hmm. that was on issues one and two. Um, you know, Jason spent so much time trying to make it look grainy. And he wanted it to look like it was a grindhouse film that jumped mm -hmm. into the pages of a comic book. Um, and that's why he wanted to kind of give it like that little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, kind of fuzzy filter. Well, it's, almost, when you think it. about like those early seventies movies, that's kind of yeah. like the aesthetic that they have, right? Yeah. It's like, you need a shower after you wash it. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's one of those things too. And yeah, Jason really knocked it out of the park and, you know, obviously, uh, Carrie Salveo has stepped in as our, as our colorist now, uh, and she's really continuing right where he left off. And it's just awesome to, to see that camaraderie too, and how much detail she's uh, putting into it to make sure that, you know, his work is still being honored uh even after you know his passing so um but again yeah the, the team was was immediately yes and i i don't know why they said yes but we're having so much fun doing it but that reason right there because well, i mean that's a lot <laughs> everybody's enjoying what they're doing and especially you see that mm -hmm. unfold here i mean that's just something to you know, just relish because if you can all get together and come to an idea of where you want to go with the story, and especially the story borrows so many different elements from classic horror movies that we see, mm -hmm. but it's also personalized. Like you talk about your relationship with your grandma and obviously mm -hmm. everybody else involved. And in, I mean, obviously our deepest condolences, you know, for to Jason and his family, you know, to see his, you know, impact on this book too. You just, you have, so much going on with this that it just really pours out this not just like a normal book you know right. this really just has such a personalized feel to it yeah and again like it, we wanted it to to be one of those things where you can have so much fun with this thing but we still wanted it to be relatable but not mm. relatable in a yes lava drake I, I agree with you so much on that one um but yeah like we we wanted it to be relatable in the sense of like, um, oh, I know someone like that too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I think that's where really the Dead Squad came up. 
<laughs> so, yeah. Because um, I remember whenever Will and I, we were talking about it, um, we we needed to really ramp up the body count. We, that's That was the whole reason for the Dead Squad. And I think you you kind of know it whenever you see them. You're like, oh, great. These people are all going to die. So it was, yeah. you know, we, we really wanted to try to ramp our body count up. And before we're like, well, how do we do that? And Will came up with the idea originally to have like um, a bunch of like mountain men that were kind of like waiting in the woods and, and stuff like that. And I said, no, that's been done before, but how do we make it our own? And then it's just that, like we just make them into LARPers. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it just took off from there. And then it just wrote itself. And I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it, it, it says you, you know, like to have fun. I mean, how many I, horror sure, movies out yeah. there try to push the <laughs> genre, whether it's, or even horror comics, like you see a lot of them get kind of more serious. So it's always exciting to be like, you know, man, you could tell a really funny story, but also kind of have like it be suspenseful at the same time. And that's exactly what you guys do with all these pages right here. It's it's clear as day that yeah. you just like understand the genre and are having so much fun. Yeah, obviously. Shout out to the team. And, you know, you just put that page up there, Ken. That was the first page Brian sent back to me. And I was just blown away. Whenever I got it, because that's, oh, yeah. that's our first introduction to Hazel. And it's it's perfect. Like, I, I absolutely love that. Oh, yeah. And as far as Hazel being named, obviously, after your great grandmother uh-huh. uh, and then wanting to get the body count. Uh, who do you know that inspired these characters? Because, I mean, you got to know somebody who who's all, uh, mimicking thy uh, personality and thine pages. <laughs> Wasn't Alan telling us that that was actually Dave? That's just like his normal personality. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really Dave. So, um, but you know, obviously, it's the rest of the squad. Yeah. So I I think that is just a a personification of just the culture that I'm in, right? Uh, Because I'm huge Mm -hmm. into like Magic: The Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons. Like, you know, before COVID and everything, I, I would go and compete in the Star City Games tournaments for Magic: The Gathering stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just one of those things. Like you just, you just get around so many of these people and things like that. And so many different types of personalities. And, you know, I, I have a really dark sense of humor anyway, if you couldn't tell, but it's yeah. one of those oh. things where it's like, like you think like, you know, it just stays in the back of your brain. Like, and then I think of over exaggerated versions of these. And I, mm. I really think that that's how it came to be. And it definitely translates there too, because I mean, when you start adding the elements too, and especially once the body count starts rising, because like any true horror movie, I mean, let me throw this question to Matt and Tom. When you start seeing the kills ramp up, like what is your general reaction to seeing just the detail and just the over the topness of this? I'll start with Matt. Oh, dude, 100%. This is in my wheelhouse. Like, I love if you're doing horror like this in the way that you're like there's a reason why people are dying or it's an homage to what is actually the the old school mentality then i'm all for it and there's a purpose in my head i'm like all right let's let's really see how creative hazel can get with this chainsaw or her deaths and so each and every time there's a death on the page i'm like oh for a treat or gets me excited in like it's kind of a sick way i guess you can say because i'm like you and i'm like my imagination just runs crazy, especially when it comes to horror. I'm, I'm ready to see like where you can actually take this. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, they deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was, was there actually any point or any death that you kind of even surprised yourself on that you like, cause you talk about how you just kind of exaggerate and run with it. Was there anything that you're like, wow, I actually 
kind of surprised that this came to my mind or it, it kind of spiraled from an idea you originally had. Okay, so spoiler alert. Um, so if you don't want to know about a death in graphic detail now, uh, turn away. But, so you, you know, go to bed. Yeah, go to bed. Click on so, the QR code and then turn away. <laughs> yeah. Um, the I, I think it was kind of like the catalyst that started everything. Um, and that was the elbows off the table one. Um, because we knew how we wanted her to die and the reasoning for it. Like, and, you know, we wrote it in the script, uh, you know, the, written in blood on the wall says elbows off the table. Um, and I, I messaged Brian and I was like, I'm not sure what to do here. Like, do we jab her elbows in her head? Do we like, how do, how do we do this? Like what makes sense? And then Brian's was just like, I got it. And then the smiley face thumbs up. And then he sends this page. Who we're hurt like, him? Yeah, we're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Men would really literally like rather write horror comics and go to therapy. Yeah. And, um, you know, then the death after that was Liz. And yeah. that was the, the smoking kills one where we, we thought it was more effective to not show the death and just show the lungs being thrown because it was just one of those things. And then of course the, the, the couple at the end of issue two, we, we had to do it. And it was the Brian really uh, stepped it up on that. And it was the, the pop page as we call it. And that was just like, geez, Brian, you, you're better than what we deserve. <laughs> I mean, anytime you see couples start to get freaky in a horror movie, yeah. you know what's coming next. Yeah, we had that's to do it. I that's, mean, we had, that's we had rule, to do yeah. it. Yeah. They had yeah, to mess absolutely. with the Davenport. I mean, once that I know, came dude. out, I was like, <laughs> do you know how hard it is to wax one of those? Because, uh, <laughs> well, they did get waxed on it. But, like, Yay, it was one of those boom. things. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So seeing it that way, though, and how Brian just delivered on everything, it was just great. And then, you know, we, we thought we were going to throw a, a monkey wrench into his plans with because we, we like to try to be creative whenever we do our part one, two, three and four pages. Right. So, you know, part one's just the blood splatter. Uh, it says, you know, part one, part two, she's knitting human skin. And then part three, we have one of the characters and it's shown on the, the preview pages for the Kickstarter. She's being torn apart and her guts read part three. So it was just one of those things where we, you know, we're, we're trying to be fun and stylized with it. And so it doesn't get boring. And early on, one of the decisions that we made was to treat Hazel like a Hannibal Lecter character. And what we meant by that is uh, Hannibal Lecter is only in Silence of the Lambs for like 20 minutes. Yeah. But he's the thing that you remember the most, right? You think Sansa Lambs, you think Hannibal Lecter, because every time he's on screen, it's so powerful. And we wanted to do that with Hazel, which is uh, one of the reasons why we introduced the Dollmaker in it, too, to separate some of the tension. So that way, Hazel's appearances didn't lose their impact, because every time that she comes on a page, we, we want the reader to not so much feel uneasy, but excited. And it's like, what's going to happen? It's kind of like, again, it's like when Anthony Hopkins shows up. Right. And Sounds mm -hmm. of the Lambs, you're like, oh, God, because you don't get to see them that often. You hear about them and what, what's going to happen. And yeah. And we thought the Dollmaker was a great way to introduce that character to separate the tension be between Hazel and uh, the reality of the situation. One thing I got to say I loved about the Dollmaker is that their speech bubbles having that cracked glass. The porcelain crack. In. Yes. Oh. That was just such a nice little touch there, considering, yep. you know, if we're talking about the old age stuff and having, mm -hmm. again, the porcelain dolls beautiful nice little detail yeah yeah th thank you dave yeah definitely that was all him 
It also reminded me of like Chucky too, you know, like just a bunch of these dolls, like trying to like going after your ankles and things like that. And it's like yep. the old <laughs> adage of how many, how, how many people, like how many kids do you think you can beat up? How many like preschoolers do you think you'd be up back on like the, the mm. old schools kind of uh, mentality of just, you know, playground talk. So it was definitely like a, an additional horror element that I found that I wasn't expecting. And it was a lot of fun in a great Yeah. And, and again, we, we felt like with what the doll maker, with the purpose of it, it, because we didn't want to some of the best comedy movies that I've seen have some of the saddest moments in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, they're grounded so heavy then into uh, I guess just the emotional situation that's going on. Whether Again, whether it's in a comedy movie or a horror movie. And we, we wanted to try to drive that point home. And that was the purpose of the doll maker. The, we wanted the doll maker for those who, who don't know, we have a character in it who is a a giant marionette that makes small porcelain dolls out of all of hazel's victims that have been there mm -hmm. and we thought that that was just such a cool fun thing to do because i mean we've all been to someone's house that has porcelain dolls and they're effing horrific right <laughs> so, yeah uh, we, we really wanted to play on that and you know we have one of our deceased characters from issue one their doll shows up and it's a real emotional thing and we really get to hammer that in at the beginning of issue three too, because we, we wanted to give it weight. I mean, yeah, of course, you know, it's, we still know what this book is at the end of the day. We haven't lost sight of that, but we still want to give these characters as much depth and insight as possible too. And that's something to, I'm oh, sorry, go Matt. No, I was just saying nice. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to speak it out loud. No, it's like, no, no, <laughs> you, cause it's the, it's the one thing about this book. It, like you say, you get so many different reactions from us. And like I say, we've all read it. And there's just so much you can deep dive into, especially when you start going through the levels of, Hale, of Hazel's house and the doll maker. And, you know, when you start dealing with the doll maker and then you start going into that final image of issue number two, where the survivors of who's left, because unfortunately the dead squad, well, you know, some of them don't exactly survive. And when everybody makes their way and they see the throne. Yes. Like, can, can we describe this scene a little bit? Kitty! Yes, Kitty. <laughs> um, so the the throne was a because we we obviously at this point issue two ends at the halfway point because again this is a four issue miniseries. We mm. we knew that we have to start giving you something, right? We we knew we have to start giving the reader Hazel's more than what she seems type deal. So we we wrote it in there for the the throne of bone to be the last thing they see in Hazel's room when they break mm -hmm. in uh, because they're trying to escape from the doll maker and you get to see more of it at the beginning of issue three. And it is such a cool thing that Brian did. I, I won't say it because we didn't put those in the preview pages. That's actually the first like three pages. So we get a little bit more of a look inside of Hazel's room and kind of a, uh, a little bit of a, a hint on, on where this thing's going to. And the whole thing takes place again. We're, we're trying to be smart. I don't know if we were, but we we're trying to be smart mm -hmm. with what we were doing because the whole thing takes place in, in one location. Like, I mean, aside right. from them being in the woods for a little bit, the whole thing takes place inside of Hazel's house. So the end of issue three, we give you a, a pretty big bomb that leads into issue four with what this whole thing actually is. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Ooh. Very enticing, and especially yeah. to... <laughs> That's a very we, good reason to click on the QR code yeah. <laughs> right here, folks. I mean, there's even an option to where if you missed issues one and two, you yep. can play catch-up, get those, and then go roll right into three. 
Yes. That's true. Which we are very fortunate enough. We do have some preview art mm-hmm. for issue number three, but I first want to show this cover by Brian Bolando, who, like I say, this is just so vintage horror. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then the the one thing that I love so much about what Brian does here and kind of the, I'll, I'll talk about the other covers here in a second, but like what Brian did here is just, it's classic, right? Mm-hmm. You know what this is. And the more I look at it, the more I love it with all the blood coming out from underneath the house. And that's kind of a hint on where this whole thing's going. And it's, it's awesome. Like absolutely love it. And uh, what I love again about the covers is all the variant artists that we have. We only have one cover with Hazel actually holding her chainsaw because it was kind of like a hive mind thing where everyone was like, well, they they know it's grandma chainsaw. Let's do something fun. Let's do Mm -hmm. something crazy. So we even have a cover, you know, with the doll makers making process. Yeah. It's just, it's little stuff like that, that we do. And, you know, Carrie's cover where she's holding muffins with uh, obviously human parts in it. (laughs) Yes. Was there I mean, any? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ken. No, no, no. You take it. You take no, it. I was just going to ask because looking at that cover, it uh, mm-hmm. is there any like cabin in the woods vibes at all? Too was that another little inspiration? Yeah, probably. I didn't ask. I <laughs> just <laughs> so yeah. And then on the campaign, um, Brian sent me another version of the cover because we always like to try to have a specialty cover anyway. Um, and I agree, Grandma Chainsaw does rule, <laughs> and um, it's just like O'Doyle. So we always try to like do a specialty metal cover or a special uh, hollow foil cover. So Brian sent me that uh, just completely read it out and it was awesome. So we went ahead and we're making that our full cast blood hollow foil and blood metal cover. So th- that's the, yeah. So those are our limited ones that we have. Can we like hashtag that hashtag blood metal cover? Blood metal. Yeah. Absolutely. Blood metal. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And if you back the blood metal or blood foil, let us know because I just like hearing it. <laughs> Such a oh, metal name. I mean, it shoot. is. Yeah. Blood foil. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we're now at the stage where the survivors are now making their way through the house because they're trying to stop Hazel and all her insanity. They're coming up on some unexpected turns. I'm going to throw up the preview art for a couple pages for Grandma Chainsaw number three, which we mm-hmm. can't stress enough. Click that QR code. Definitely make sure you have this in your collection, signed up. And if you need to get the back issues, they're definitely well worth it. So walk us through this, Alan. What is going on in this scene? Okay, so this was uh, this was the first kill that we wrote for, for the book, and we thought it was just going to be awesome. So the, the survivors are inside of Hazel's room. They're holding the door shut. They're Hodor right now. Oh and they're, um, you know, they're, they're kind of talking about the situation on, on what's going on with with everything and coming to terms with losing their loved ones and of course the dead squad they're just completely void of all emotion but our two our two characters our two main characters are are talking about it and that's when the door just bursts open and it's the strings from the doll maker that have come in to latch onto someone so we thought that that was a really cool way to like break the tension with our like big i guess you can call it a jump scare right in this thing so and we we absolutely love the pacing. I'm not sure what you're showing next, but yeah. So after that, we, we try to really uh, build the tension with it. Well, let me go back to this. Cause I think it's just kind of tying into, cause I didn't want yeah, to give that much away. Like, yeah, this is the right next page here. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're listening in because they can't make it out of the door. Obviously wham thud 
and then Fury Chan's thinking, hey, we're, we're winning. And then they hear the blood curdling scream that obviously didn't come from the doll maker. So that, and then the door just slowly opens to that's, reveal, yeah, to reveal a shot that's uh, pretty brutal. <laughs> yes, that, that's a hor- man, that is just like straight up classic, just some, some horror right there. Yeah. I, and yeah, yeah we, we never want to try to reinvent the wheel, right? Because things are classics for a reason, and we just want to do our take on it and just have fun with it. Well, you don't need to reinvent the wheel either. Right. I think that's that's what too many people almost try to do. And if you mm-hmm. just, I always say this, and every time I say it, it's Norman Osborne in my head, I always just back to formula. And it's the yes. most tried and true method there is. And you do exactly that. You're like, guys, we know what we're going after. And it just works so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Appreciate that. And it does it because, I mean, you, you tie in the tropes of classical horror, but you also give it that modern feel. Like I say, especially with the Dead Squad and yes. just how that is so reflective of this time period that we live in that's you know, almost like in the same sense in like of true crime podcast, like everybody tries being like a, a sleuth and, and solving these unsolved mysteries. Mm-hmm. You see the dead squad is now trying to be these supernatural defenders. Yes. And they're clearly, clearly not ready for this. Yeah. Job. <laughs> have, have you ever, are you a supernatural fan? Like the show? Um, listen, everyone tells me to watch it and I need to watch it that and what we do in the shadows, but I've never watched oh, it. Okay. okay. So for yeah. my, my, uh, I've only I'm on like season eight right now, but I was there's this there's this group. This is very relevant. There's this group called Ghost Facers in it. Yeah, that's that's exactly what the Dead Squad reminds me of is Ghost Facers, and they're like this, <laughs> they're like they're, they're they're trying to be like the serious paranormal crew, but they're exactly just like the Dead Squad. They are just goofy and just tripping over themselves, and that's all I can think of while watching. I was like this, so I had to. I it just popped in my head. Yep. Had to know. Yeah, but, and uh, um, uh, yeah, I actually I mean, do have a sword from a mall that is sitting on my shelf in the. Hey, in the I office. do, I do too. It's okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, totally fine. Just embrace it, three, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> one gives me one gives me a plus one to awesomeness. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. Um, and plus three to sex appeal too. I'm sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife likes it. It is a double-handed blade. Oh, you dirty man! <laughs> so, speaking of that, the sword stays anyway, out. Yeah. Yes, there, there's a lot going on with this Kickstarter campaign. Great so, transition, Ken. Love it. Yes, yeah. That's why, that's why I get paid the big bucks. Yeah, wait, we get paid. I know everybody wait, says that. We get we get paid by the opportunity to talk to fine creators yes. such as yourself, my friend, and especially about a Kickstarter campaign. Now, going into this new campaign, yeah, what has been some of the the goals that you've tried achieving with this one? Because I mean, obviously, every campaign you've done has grown bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So now, going into this, the audience has already been pretty much established. I mean, obviously, coming off the success of Horace in Hell, yeah, Horace and- was a, a shock to all of us with how big that one was. We, we definitely did not expect that. Horus was, uh, was our biggest campaign. Um, that was our first, uh, you know, well, I guess our, that was our second um, five-figure campaign. And it, this was just for a single issue, though. Like, that was crazy, mm-hmm. just the turnout for that. And again, I always like to, to say this because I'm mad at every one of you because Horus was the character that we spent the least amount of time on working <laughs> and it was the biggest success <laughs> we've ever had. I love you all, and I hate you That's so how much it for it. I know. <laughs> 
exactly how it happens. But yeah, yeah, but I mean, but it's 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 how it happens. But it's like in the same mm-hmm. sense of Daryl Dixon in The Walking Dead. I right. mean, you, you just d- you throw this. It. Yeah, you just throw this charismatic character on screen or in page. And I mean, look at this page right here. I mean, how can yep. you deny it's so the rad. magnitude <laughs> of this bunny? Yeah, um, God, and we cannot wait for you guys to read Horace too. Um, obviously, script's done. It's already in Kit Wallace's hand. He's just waiting for the go-ahead. So Horace two should be launched in the beginning of the year. Dude, it's Ooh. like Happy Tree Friends came to a comic book and now they're yeah. in hell. Yeah, and that was the thing too. And it's it's kind of like um, I feel like all of our stuff that we do. Issue one is our foundation, and we want to we want to try to set it up enough to where you guys can care about the characters and you know still have fun with it. But then issue two, again, we just get to go nuts. Mm-hmm. And and Horace two is like that because now we have all of our characters. This is a situation. Let's just go wild and see what we can get away with and what people like. But but yeah, so with with this campaign, it's the same thing we do with every campaign. Um, we want to make it geared toward fans new and old because we never want to price out somebody, right? Or mm-hmm. or make it seem like it's unobtainable to, to get to where you want to get to. So we always have our back catalogs on here. We always have a catch-up tier and we, we make everything an a la carte system. So if there's something that you want, like, you know, the Blood Foil or Blood Metal cover, you don't need to back, you know, like a $200 campaign to get like all the covers and all this stuff to get the metal cover. You can just add it on or back it by itself. So it's just, it's it's little stuff like that that we always try to make sure like, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated, right? And I, I would love it set up to where I could just go into a campaign and just, yeah, I want this. This is fine. And then that's it. I'm done. I don't need to like, you know, stress about like, well, do I need to do the big tier here or the small tier to add this on and stuff? So, so yeah, we always just try to make it, you know, just try to make it accessible for everybody. I just Especially keep thinking Bill and Ted's excellent adventure with the two of you. Anytime he mentions like blood foil or anything like that, yeah. it's just a, and then yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I keep thinking about. God, that's so that. funny. <laughs> but it, but it works because you know what, with all the incentives you give, and especially this is one thing that I think you and your team have really mastered with Kickstarter is you make it very accessible for new mm. readers to jump in. And you make it very easy for someone to go into this universe and they really like one project. It's very cost efficient to go get into another project. So like if somebody wants to dabble into the universe of Pocus Hocus from this, it's very easy to jump in. And it's not something that's going to break the bank. And especially in this day and age where we as comic fans have so much out there that it's really almost like what is the most bang for the buck? Mm-hmm. And especially for what you offer, I mean, is, is is something that you're going in each campaign going, okay, can we make it more cost effective, but still offer more? Or is just, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, we take a list of what we did work last time. And now, okay, we want to go this route with this. Yeah. So we, we learn with each campaign. Um, we, we learn what works, what doesn't. Uh, granted, Horus was its own, yeah, Horus and Hazel crossover that would, I think my own head would explode if we did that. But it's one of those where, you know, we, we learned that like, okay, so issue three, Grandma Chainsaw, uh, it's going to do okay. But we, you know, obviously we're going to keep pushing, pushing, pushing because the the Kickstarter, uh, some, I guess what we learned with Pocus Hocus number four, because that's when we introduced the trade to it because it's the first four issues together as well as the individual one. Um, we unlocked the new audience there because a lot of people we found out just wait for the trades mm-hmm. to come in or, or the finale issue, things like that. So that's another reason why we're also really excited too for 
Grandma Chainsaw Number Four's campaign because you know we do. Brian's going to immediately start working on that after this is done, because we were ready to wrap up the issue and not ready to wrap it up as in like, oh, thank God, this this is finally over. But we're just so excited for you guys to see the conclusion of the secret we've been having to keep deep inside of our chests since we've been talking about this thing for like a year now, right? Yeah. So, oh God, I can't, I'd never forgive myself. So it's one of those, like, it's all right. It's between us. We we won't say anything. Yeah. We're not live or anything. You, you, us and the rest of the world. (laughs) But, but again, so we're going to be able to do so much on the, especially on the fourth run, because we're going to have, you know, our typical, you know, variant covers that we're going to have for grandma chance on number four, but then we're going to have the, the trade paperback and then we're going to have a hardback special edition of it too. So and we're, we're so excited about that uh, just to see, you know, just see everyone's reaction and, and finally have like a complete version of it too. And again, we might unlock a whole new audience with that too, because people that are just going by, they see that and like, Hey, great. I'm just going to go and jump on now. Right. No, absolutely. Yep. Now, do you think that uh, by publishing everything out through Kickstarter, it gives you the creative freedom to do really what you want? Or do you feel as if because you have so many people, pushing you and backing this you have to do it for them yeah it's yeah so it's that's a that's an answer to yes to both right like it's cool that you have the creative freedom um but we're also keeping in mind and and it's a good pressure to put on ourselves as as, you know i guess just creators and obviously i'm including everyone on the team in this but we're always trying to push ourselves and and we hope that as a reader that's evident in each issue of a book that we read, you know, because obviously we, we want Pocus 2 to be better than Pocus 1. We want a Pocus 3 right. to be better than Pocus 2. And the same thing goes with Grandma Chainsaw. You know, we, we hope that you love issue four way more than you liked issue one, because that means that we pushed it and we, we really encapsulated everything in the series that we were trying to do. And again, you know, that's something that we always have in mind mm. for, what we're doing and why we're doing it because without the the support of you guys, the, the readers, the backers, I wouldn't be talking to you guys today. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's the truth of the matter, right? Because um, I, I'm only as, as strong as my support system. And I still cannot think everyone enough that always shows up for each campaign that we do. That's well, I, I was, oh, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say that's an excellent point that it almost gets lost sometimes with a lot of creators um, is that at the end of the day, without everybody who shows up for your campaigns and stuff like that, like you would, and it's very evident that you were very appreciative of that and also do your best to give back to that, which can sometimes get lost in the shuffle. And it's very, very evident that you guys are all about everybody out there who is just a fan and it's a two way street. Yeah. Like we, we love hearing from people too, you know, and, and, we, we love addressing anything too. Like, especially like if, if anyone just wants to be like, Hey, love the book. That means more than, you know, to us. Mm. Like, because a lot of times, you know, it's funny because I always, um, yeah, after we finish the book, I send out the PDF and then it goes to print. But whenever I send out the PDF, I'm always like, come on, somebody just tell me they liked it or tell me they hated it. Like, just give me some response. But usually uh, 99% of the time we don't hear anything. We just hear, got it. Thanks. You know, but yeah. still it's like, at least they said that. <laughs> with, you know, with it's in your hands. Yeah. Yes. With everything that's going on with the Kickstarter and all the great add-ons and everything, mm-hmm. um, I, I saw one that was really, really cool here. Uh, a, a really, you know, again, bang for your buck kind of deal. Um, you get to add, possibly be drawn into the book in issue mm-hmm. four. Yeah, um, that, that's already gone. That was gone day one. 
Oh, I was going <laughs> to. I was going <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> to offer Ken up. Just, just saying. Yeah, offer yeah. myself up. Um, <laughs> well, I already actually uh, already put Ken in a book. Um, I put him in Roseblood Manor number two. He gets skinned alive in it. Dude, that's I'm so jealous. It's like my yeah. dream to be killed in some sort of horror movie or something. Well, you stick with me, kid. You'll be all right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, because um, we we love doing that too. We always like putting like you know our, our friends and stuff in these situations, just because again, sick twist of humor. We think it's funny. Um, but yeah, so again, that's something else that we wanted to do too because uh, this is it. Grandma Chainsaw Four. Like we we don't want a Jason takes Manhattan situation where we don't know what the hell we're doing after hey, a while. First gets of all, that is a gem. Okay. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! I hope your microphone short circuits and you can't talk anymore after that. Like, uh, but you know what I mean, right? Like, because we 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 don't want it to get to a point where we're just kind of like Hazel, you know. Hazel takes West Virginia. You don't you know, want ha- like, you don't want Hazel yeah. in space at yeah, some ha- point yeah. with like robotic Hazel, face. Jason <laughs> no, X was a gem. Okay, just saying. Oh, now that that that's where we okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Now, well, I mean, Jason X is is pretty hilarious. Okay, we we could listen. All right, <laughs> bad point. Okay, um, we don't. I was want gonna any... say. It, I'm just waiting for the Fast and Furious crossover. Graham, it's okay, happen. there we go. There we go. Grandma did, Neon I don't. I'm just saying, when you announced him as family at the beginning, it took everything say, yeah. in me yeah. not to just be like, we don't got friends, we got family. We don't got friends, we got family. He's the, the Paul Walker to our Vin Diesel right now. God, like, now I want to go back and edit everything and all my decisions. <laughs> I hate I hate myself. It's just a random screen cap. Yeah. Of, it's like it's an epilogue to, you know, yeah. Grandma Chainsaw. Where yeah, Dom this is actually a tie into the Fast and the Furious series. Uh, you, that, that's actually shit. Now we got to go back and rewrite the ending. Because that was it. If we get a live action, can we have Rita Moreno play Hazel? We'll have, man, listen, I don't care what happens. If we got a live action. AI Betty White, okay? Oh, rip. Yeah. Too soon, Matt. God. 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 Did it bring the mood down? I know. Can I remember your question anymore? I don't know. My my question was basically (laughs) going into the sense of, you're now establishing the Kickstarter. It's right. really taken off, especially with only a couple of days left. And I, I know we've talked off air about the importance of the final week and mm-hmm. especially with a campaign, even though you've already hit goal. I mean, right. congratulations for that again. Thank you. You know, it's almost like the DJ Khaled and another one and another one. Yeah. You know, because just, uh, just how much the whole pocus platoon, if you will, I don't know how you define the fan base, but everybody is growing about this. And the minute there's word of a book dropping from your team, there's just a certain level of excitement that really catapults there. But going into the final week, is it still something that you're like, I still want to make that final push? Like, even though, yeah, we've hit goal and that's cool, but I want to make sure before we wrap up shop about a campaign, like we really drive this point home. Like we want to make sure everybody has that final opportunity to get this book. And really, like, what is your, kind of your mindset going into this? Um, so, you know, wh- what I've learned throughout you know, Kickstarter is your biggest days are the first 48 hours and the last 48 hours. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of like, in my opinion, anyway, from what we've seen, granted, there's other books out there that obviously they operate by their own set of rules and everything. Um, but it's there's like that lull period in between. And then because everyone sent out an email in the last 48 hours, like, Hey, you got 48 hours left to back this book or whatever. Um, so then that's when we see another jump too. So obviously we, we want as many people as possible hopping in 
uh, and, and joining us for this ride because I, I don't like to promise a lot of stuff, but um, I would, uh, I would, if I were a betting man, I would bet you'll have fun reading this. So um, it's, again, it, it's a love letter for so much on this team and the stuff that we're, we're doing. And it's also a good way to follow us and see all the crazy stuff that we're doing because yeah, we, we want you on this, this campaign because we want to see you guys there for the finale of this run. And then we're going to get into Pocus six and Horus too. So who doesn't like that? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was going to say like, what's the future plans holding for you, but obviously Pocus six, we're going back mm-hmm. to uh, finish what started in hell. And, uh, yep. and, and, and Horus too. <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to see Horus two and Pocus six. Like, uh, you know, Pocus Hocus is, is obviously it's our, it's our baby. That was our first, our first series that we ever did. And it's just kind of crazy to think about like, you know, our first comic book came out in 2021 and now we're, we're here doing like all these crazy series and stuff. So it's always just a huge shout out again to everybody for making all this possible. I mean, that's just amazing too. I mean, just to think of like where you guys have started now and just every time a campaign drops, mm-hmm. like that's the crazy thing that I don't think a lot of fans realize is it's very DIY. It's mm-hmm. very much fans really taking a hold of the the chance to make this and really run with it. And mm-hmm. especially in this day and age too with Kickstarters, it's like it's a great way to get a story out that proves like you don't need to go to a major publisher. That you can do this on your own and if the story is good and and the fan base is behind it and they want to drive this home. They have that opportunity to, and especially that is just something that I'm seeing more and more of, especially coming back after New York comic con, you're seeing a lot more Kickstarter, a lot more campaigns going and you're a lot more yeah. artists owned. Yes. Too. And I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, touch upon that for us a bit, like just going into this, like it's creator owned. You don't, I mean, you got to work with everybody on the team, but I mean, how mm-hmm. is that feeling to see like now it's paying off, with that other successful Kickstarter. Yeah, it's, it's great. And it it makes you never want to stop. And it really gives you like an affirmation of like, it's, it's crazy. I I remember, you know, I still, I still feel this way uh, because I I can't help it again, raised by my grandparents. So I can't help this mentality a lot, but like, it's weird for me Mm -hmm. to ask for people to help support my hobby. Right. <laughs> I, I know like at, at its fundamental core, obviously I'm, I'm providing entertainment and stuff like that, but it's, it's always just so shocking to me. And it like always makes me really emotional whenever we launch a Kickstarter and we see like a lot of the same names popping up and, and our backer count, just like after you, you know, I'll never forget that feeling that Will and I had after we hit a hundred backers, like, cause mm-hmm. we never thought, I remember whenever we launched Pocus Hocus number one, we thought that this was going to be something just for us to do to kill time uh, while, you know, every, the world was in lockdown, right? Because yeah. we, we wrote the script for Pocus One in uh, October of 2020, or we finished it then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we reached out to Brian and Brian was understandably busy, but we knew that we wanted him. So we waited and he didn't start on it till February of 2021. And, you know, I'm just, I'm so happy we waited, but yeah, we only planned on Pocus to be four issues. And Mm -hmm. 
after we made Pocus One, we're like, oh, okay, cool, this was fun. We had like 70 backers. We're like, wow, that was crazy. We didn't expect that. And then we made Pocus Two, and then we jumped to 160 backers, and we're like, oh my god, Dang. what's happening, right? And then Pocus Three happened, and then we're finally up to 200. We're like, holy crap! So then, you know, we're like, well, this is something. So now we can actually tell like a fully fleshed out world that we wanted to tell because uh, Pocus Hocus lends itself well to being an ongoing series because of the subject matter. And then we made Grandma Chainsaw with the full intentions of that one only being four issues. So mm-hmm. yeah, again, we have that freedom being creator owned. We we have that freedom of doing it this way. And if someone bigger ever comes along and they see this and they say, Hey, we, we want this. We're like, okay, cool. It's already done. And this is all the stuff we have laid out for it. So take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. And especially yeah. too, like I say, you're, you're seeing just such a growth in that. And especially yep. in this day and age, like I say, to be a part of it, and especially as, as much as you have gone with that. And now mm-hmm. like with another successful campaign ahead, what is the future for Alan Dunford and company? Um, a lot, uh, because, you know, um, obviously Brian Belondo, Carrie Salveo, Kit Wallace, all three of them have, have been just so fantastic to work with. And, you know, again, uh, you know, a huge, huge shout out to Jason Smith. Uh, his wisdom and guidance whenever we first started was invaluable when it came to coloring mm-hmm. and everything like that, because Jason worked with DC and Marvel. Jason's done a ton of crap. And it was just so awesome just to, you know, let, just kind of let him guide us and stuff. And we're always trying to learn. And I, I think that's the most important thing. And that's even everyone who's on the art team, lettering, and even Will and myself for, for writing a lot of this stuff. Um, I I know that we all want to be better. Mm-hmm. So it's it's never that we're getting stagnant in our position. We We just want to be the best that we can be for the reader. And with all the books that especially we have coming up, you know, again, I mentioned Pocus 6, uh, Horus 2, Grandma 4, but then the stuff that's in development, we're working on a one-shot horror story uh, called Beneath the Lighthouse. We, Let's we be honest, another... is it going to be a one-shot? You're going to yes. write it, it's going to be good, and it's they're going to no. want more. Let's no, be Beneath, Light, Beneath the Lighthouse will be a one-shot. Now, the other one is called Deacon sure. Dan's Famous Chili, mm. and that one's that one's going to be a mini-series. It's about a church deacon that keeps winning the church chili cook-off every year, but he's got a secret ingredient. Hell yeah. Soylent Green. I'm so, I'm, in, I'm so yeah. in the bag. I am so in the bag. <laughs> so, so yeah, Deacon Dance Famous Chili is uh, it's our Dexter meets Sweeney Todd, and um, we we just want to have again. We we love these crazy ideas that we don't think could could work in a lot of situations, but we want to try to make them work. And then uh, we we're working on a graphic novel too called One Sunday Afternoon, and it's a uh, it's a little fun detective story that we're doing. So yeah, nice. so I mean, like we have a lot of stuff. We had a lot of stuff coming up, and uh, we hope that you guys want to join us for the ride on this. You because better be joining yeah. this team for this ride. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, do it right there. QR code. Let's go. If you what now? There's if if you've come away from this hour being like, eh, then you know I think you really should just go touch some grass because <laughs> I I don't know what else. Like, do you not find enjoyment in anything in life at this point? <laughs> Well, or yeah. they just heard me drone on and on about repressed issues, probably. <laughs> Look, that's okay. We all, we, this is group therapy right here as yeah. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, exactly. All centered around a sweet grandma with a chainsaw. Yep. So proficiently. <laughs> Nobody you know, can get like, together quite like a sweet old lady. 
Yeah. I'm wondering, is that a Husqvarna? Is that a Craftsman? Like, did we figure out? Uh, just I just couldn't get the rights to Craftsman now. Ah. Oh, that would have been amazing. Because, <laughs> I mean, that could be something for There's the next Kickstarter campaign. Could be a yeah. tie-in. Yeah, a, a plush hazel <laughs> with, you know, a fuzzy chainsaw. By the way, no, I, looking at some of, the, some of the art, I got one uh, weird impression for, and I don't know if anybody else noticed this. Um, show of hands, who remembers Pee-wee's uh, Big Adventure? Of course, man. Oh, yeah, duh. You guys remember Large Marge when she went, like, all yeah. went, like, you know, claymation? Like, I saw that, and I'm like, ah, had a moment, though. So, again, just <laughs> kudos to, to the whole, your whole team. Like, you guys are just killing it over there. You Thank know, Clatu, Narada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we definitely have to throw that in there, too. Just because no. we, we love it. It's, yeah. it's a love letter. It's fun. It is. Absolutely. So, Alan, before we let you out of here, uh, two things. One, I want to hear your final pitch in case anybody still is debating about picking this up. What is the final sales pitch on this? And then, plus, I need a recommendation for the comic shop or for the Halloween season. I'm going to kind of give you both Ooh. a great movie to go check out. Um, okay, so last push. Uh, it's it's a book called Grandma Chainsaw. Again, does what it says on the label. If you're a fan of 80 slashers, uh, just grindhouse-esque movies and just balls-to-the-wall horror where the it, it's kind of like a, whose line is it anyway, right? The rules don't matter and everything's made up or, or whatever it is. <laughs> um, you know, we, we want you guys to join it for us because it is, it is such a fun ride that we're having with this thing. And uh, really, it's it it's just i love it so much and i'm really sad for it to end I, I don't want it to but it has to and um yeah again you can catch up at any point on this thing so you can back it i think it's 20 dollars for the whole catch-up tier so you get issues one two and three in the pdfs of everything as well uh yeah yeah we, we hope we hope to see you guys there and a recommendation i recently just watched uh a horror movie called cobweb Ooh. and I okay. absolutely loved it. Um, what's, it's done. It's um, I bought it on Voodoo. I'm not okay. sure if it's on anywhere yet. I bought it on Voodoo a couple weeks ago, so you know how it works. You got to buy it first, and then it's streaming everywhere else. Uh, I heard a lot about it, and I checked it out. It had mixed reviews, but I fell in love with it. I think it is perfect for atmospheric horror, and uh, it's it's about a a boy who's hearing a voice in the walls, and it's just. It, I, I loved it and I thought it was really smart choices. Granted, you know, it's a, it's a lower budget film, but they're smart with how they did everything. And uh, I hate to admit this. I watched Saw X the other night. Surprisingly. All right. <laughs> I've been hearing that. I have yeah, been hearing that. You know? Okay. Yeah. Well, the reason they keep making those movies, um, they, um, shut yeah, your yeah, mouth. The guys at 3FM covered it. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, after three, I was done. Well, yeah. Okay. So they kill off Jigsaw number three and you know, after they did that and produced the movie, they were probably like, why the hell did we do that? Well, so the, yeah, yeah, Saw X takes place between Saw one and two. And the reason why Saw X works so well is because it's, it's a John Kramer movie. So they, they have Jigsaw in it, but it's he's in it the whole time. So it's a whole character study on him and it works. And that was, I feel like that's been the missing element for everything else. Okay. Having that yeah. review on that, I will go back and watch it. Yeah. No, so like for real, like it's surprise. Like, like I watched this thing and there's not a kill really that happens in the first like 30 minutes. 
because it's a whole buildup and getting to know why this is happening. And it's just, instead of just hmm. mindless torture. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of crazy. I never thought I'd have this conversation with you guys hmm. in 2023 about a 10th installment in a Saw franchise. And it's better than the rest. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. Nah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, Alan, we got your stuff in the liner notes. So everybody should go be following Alan on Twitter or X and make sure obviously you're clicking that QR code because that should be your recommendation for the comic shops this week. But before we let our bullpen get out of here, obviously we got to give a recommendation for the comic shop. Starting with Matt, why don't you tell everybody how to find you and what is the big pickup this week for you? Oh man. Yes. So go ahead. Hops geek news. Me and Lauren, we chat all sorts of fun things. We just did an episode on our top five horror movie deaths. And then we are going to dive into the more cryptology kind of things for our Halloween episode. Uh, just follow the name, follow the QR code, whatever it is you want to do. Um, my recommendation, however, comes on Lauren's side, actually, or a couple recommendations. So friends of the show, Tyrell Cannon, Ryan Stegman, Kenny Porter have a little comic book called The Schlub out tomorrow, issue three. And pretty much the premise is that this dentist who just has the odds stacked up against him, whether it's his own doing or not, has switched places, switched bodies with a superhero and just hilarity. And, you know, it's a growing character just a, a lot of fun it's fun it's a, a different take on the superhero genre so pick that up and then uh also i am in spooky spirit too for some reason so i'm gonna go ahead and just let you guys know watch creep show on shutter by the way season four is I out right now started that yesterday yes yeah I, episodes uh, one and two weren't bad i really liked episode one with like the, the what a twist yeah, right yeah, it's just it's it's yeah. basically an anthology horror yeah. series that has really clever twists in each episode. Mm -hmm. At uh, season four is only five episodes. Go out, watch that. Especially if you're a fan of things such as Grandma Chainsaw and Pocus Hocus and all that kind of good stuff. So that's where I leave you. Absolutely, Tom. Well, you can find me at the QR code that Ken's going to throw up right here. And then coming from our friends over at Boom Studios, uh, since we're in the spoopy mood, I'm definitely going to say boom. And follow that up with that. Something's Killing the Children is coming out tomorrow as well. Yes. But just as spooky, I mean, you can see right there, the Death Ranger, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 113 is coming out from our friend Missy. And we hope she's doing better. She got a nasty case of con crud. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely uh, shout out to Melissa Flores, who, uh, yeah, we have to reach out to. I think we do. Yeah. We have to, to shoot a line to her. Uh, obviously, a lot of great books she has coming out. And if you have not been reading her Power Rangers run, Holy smokes! She's she's playing with stuff like even I like I had at New York. I was even chatting with uh, Ryan Parrott. It's like, dude, where the hell is she pulling this stuff from? If, for me, as as a Power Ranger fan, going, dude, she's making some deep dives. Like even I go, wait a minute. So I'm having fun there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for me, obviously, anything and everything it is, the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com or click on that QR code after you click on the QR code for Grandma Chainsaw number three. Man, there is a lot of great books out this week. A lot. Uh, so no matter what publisher you're looking for, there is something. But there is a book that is out from DC Comics this week that I definitely want to give a big recommendation for, and that is Alan Scott, The Green Lantern, yes. which Absolutely. Uh, Tim Sheridan and Cian Tormey take a very cool take on the original Green Lantern. And one thing that Tim Sheridan posted on social media is 100% of his royalties he's getting from the series 100. is going to the Elton John AIDS Foundation. So for every book that you buy, it's going to charity. Like uh, his, his royalties are going. This is a six-issue run, if I remember Correct. correctly. Correct. 
So the issue is out right now. Um, if you have not picked it up yet, make sure to go to your comic shops and go get this. Buy multiple copies. Uh, there's a few variant covers out there as well. It's a great story and one I give a very, very high recommendation to. So I can't stress that enough. Like that is my pick of the week. But there is so many others that you can start checking out. 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on nerdinitiative.com because nobody, and I mean nobody, is doing reviews like the Nerd Initiative bullpen. So if you need your comic picks, that is where you go to. Just make sure you're subscribed and followed as much as well as subscribe to the YouTube channel because there's a lot of things going on. A lot of new faces are going to be joining the Nerd Initiative team. So we don't want to reveal too much just yet. But uh, we're going to see a lot more. Friends. What's that? I'm just kidding. I said secrets don't make friends, Ken. Jeez. This is true. This is true. But uh, but I want to wait till our our one uh, new member is going to be joining. But uh, he's on vacation right now. So I don't want to do that. But uh, definitely if I do a shout out in this sign, uh, I think uh, a lot of us will know who we're talking about. So, but that being said, that's why you want to make sure you drop that on Nerd Initiative uh, for the bullpen. Pen. And of course, we have to do the shameless plug for merchandise because otherwise our powers of be get very, very mad if we don't plug that. And you can see Matt, look at the wear that Matt is rocking right now. Do you want to be like Matt? Because I think you do. And I want to be like him. So you definitely got to get that Nerd Initiative swag out there. Create without fear is the motto. And that's what we do here at nerdinitiative.com. And that's why I say easiest place to go contact us for anything is there right on the QR code. But we can't stress enough. That's why you got to click on that QR code after you click on the QR code for eat slay love <laughs> hashtag yes. blood metal and we can't say thank you enough to our guest alan dunford oh no it's always you a pleasure to talk thank to you, you. no it's it's always a pleasure to talk to you you know you have an open door to swing back through here and just talk about whatever and and obviously when horus vs death squad blood metal comes out we definitely are booking <laughs> that interview early uh, as well as all your future projects, because you know you and the rest of your team is one of the hardest working squads in the business right now, giving so much to the fans, and that's why we can't emphasize enough. It, it might sound like a broken record, I don't care. That is why you should go out and support them because they're doing so much for you as a as a consumer, as a reader, and as a fan. If you're not getting on board with what they're doing, I am seriously questioning you. So that's why you want to make sure that you're doing as much as you can to support them. And as we say each and every week to close this show, when you're at a comic shop and you have a great issue in your hand and you see somebody struggling to find something, hand it off to them and tell them to turn a page. We'll see you next week.